a rich tradition. College Football Podcast is now live. Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Stelton Pole, two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, another week is in the books and nothing seems to be slowing down, and that's just the way we like it. Amen. Uh, we had another top 10 team lose. You and I predicted this one, though, because we, uh, we'll talk more about it. But um, I just, you and I deserve to take a bow because we've been saying for how many months now that Oklahoma was fake ID? Uh, well, sir, that, that, that was you that was saying that. I picked Oklahoma to win. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've been, well, I've been a little bit. credit. I've Never been mind. a little bit more on the Oklahoma's going to figure it out bandwagon than uh, than most people. But, you know, after going for so many years, it's kind of like with Alabama that we've talked about with all their wide receivers, and now you're sort of seeing what it's like not to have just an abundance of riches all over the place that super experienced and super ready NFL players uh, at every corner. You're now at Oklahoma seeing what it's like to not have an NFL quarterback uh, calling the shots for you. Uh, in your offense, you know, you, you're having to teach it to someone who's super young and uh, doesn't have all the reps and doesn't have all the knowledge and is just sort of growing pain, struggling as a young player. Uh, Spencer Rattler, of course, is a guy who it just hasn't caught on with yet. So um, you're experiencing a speed bump in sort of two different areas there if you're Oklahoma. He goes in, you know, he takes Kayla Williams' spot, can't even, you know, can't mount a comeback. You know, we'll talk more about Baylor here that the game in a minute, but yeah, man, like um, it, it was only a matter of time. You know, right. uh, you know, I, I I called it two different other times that they would lose, and I just was off. And but like when you are bragging and calling a Heisman moment, a quarterback stealing the ball for a two-yard run against freaking Kansas, then that tells me everything I need to know about what your team's quality really is. You mean score fifty-seven points on Texas, Kansas? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yes, but I'm also I mean, talking about. I don't know. I don't know if you I'm should be. Uh, I don't I'm know talking. if you should be dogging the Jayhawks <laughs> at this point. I'm also I just talking put about 57 points on Texas. I'm also talking about the two-win team, Tech, Kansas. So, I but, prefer to refer. I prefer to reference them as the 57 <laughs> points against Texas. Kansas of course City, you do. Kansas Jayhawks plays. Of course you do. All right, Spencer. So let's let's dive into the college football playoff rankings for the week. This is going to kind of be. Probably a little bit of the same song and dance that we said last week, um, but I'll just give you the top 10. We can kind of react. Um, we've got Georgia, uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and then Wake Forest. What? Uh, first of all, before we get into what was said after the rankings released, do you have any problems necessarily with that top 10? I don't think I have a I don't feel like I have a problem with any of it. The thing, I mean, obviously the Michigan State-Michigan thing fits a little better now than it did last week. You might even could be surprised that Michigan State stayed at number seven considering their loss came to a Purdue team that was, you know, unranked. And then got shellacked by Ohio State this past weekend. Yeah. And what did um, Michigan State do this weekend? I'm sorry, I'm I'm my head no, no, is in okay. the is two they, weeks uh, ago. They they I think they handled business. Uh, yeah, Maryland. They, they beat Maryland forty. To That's 24. right. I'm sorry, my head was in the wrong spot. No, 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 it's okay. So yeah, you again have the Michigan State Michigan conundrum of them two sitting 
Um, you know, Michigan's sitting ahead with the with the head-to-head that they both have. Michigan obviously a little better now with that ninth win being over a well-respected Penn State team, even though the committee doesn't respect Penn State all that much, not inside the top 25, but at some point I guess you have to keep them out with losing so much. But again... But let's keep in the four-loss Arkansas. But Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, keep, yeah, no, they're, I, they're I, I, three I loss Arkansas. They're four, or I'm sorry, four loss Mississippi State. That's I, uh, I didn't mean, yeah, I meant to yeah, say yeah, we'll get to them here in a. But, but go so, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So you still have that thing going on. They're at six and seven, and then Notre Dame being at eight, you know, continues to be interesting. Is there some sort of outside shot that Notre Dame has at climbing their way? You know, again, like we've said, with Cincinnati, needs people to lose in front of them. Cincinnati slip up, Michigan slip up, Michigan State slip up one more time, and then Notre Dame finds themselves right there on the outside looking in, potentially with somebody else slipping up right there in the you know championship weekend, and uh, yep. they backdoor their way into the uh, playoff again. So to the, to the appease of everyone in the country. Yeah, everyone's gonna love this. What I'm yeah, about everyone. to say. Everyone's about to love what I'm gonna say here. Like there are three teams ahead of them. I'm sorry, two. Two, two teams ahead of them are guaranteed to lose. I'm uh, actually wrong. There are three teams ahead of them guaranteed to lose. Guaranteed to lose? Yeah, because Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State, they all three play each other over the Very next good. two weeks. Very good. Okay. They're like, like two of those three are going to lose, and then Georgia and Bama are going to play each other in two in three weeks. Yep. Like, take okay. So three three teams that moves into five. All they need to happen is Oregon to choke against Utah one of the two times they play, or Cincinnati lose to SMU. Bro, they're like I, I I don't think this is a good enough team to get in the playoff, but that's with that's in a normal year. This is not a normal year. All these teams from number two to probably about eleven or twelve are all suspect in some regard. Mm-hmm. So if Notre Dame gets in, like I, I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that I don't think they should be in, but I, I'm not going to be surprised if it happens. Are you? No. And it has nothing to do with the committee loving Notre Dame. It has to do with the fact that no one steps up and says, "Hey, I'm really good." Yeah, that's, like, that's true too. I mean, that that's that's really all it is. So let, let's let's get the. All right, let's talk about Mississippi State, and then I'm going to talk about what Barta said after these uh, these rankings released. All right, look, I can't throw too much of a fit about Mississippi State being ranked 25th. I just think Penn State should be ranked there. Like, I know they lost this past weekend. I, st- I just still think they're a better team. Yeah, so Mississippi State's, like, five of their six wins are – oh, man, what was the stat that I saw earlier today? That Mississippi State has a – yeah, but they have a – their wins – there's something about their wins that really sticks out that only Georgia has those – They have five wins over – they have five, over, five wins over teams with winning records. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I couldn't think of the that but last. But they have they have the Memphis loss, and like that's a bad loss. Right. And so, how many losses does Penn State have? Four as well. And then what wins do they have? And I guess that's kind of the difference, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they have their win against. Let me find it. Wisconsin, their, right? Yeah, they have their win against Wisconsin, which we know. It's a top kinda, Kind of doesn't matter at this point. Um, it's a top 15 team. Yeah, top 15 team. But, like, it's it's just not what what at the end of the year we thought it would be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a win against Auburn. They have a win against Wisconsin. 
and they have i mean this sounds stupid what i'm about to say because i absolutely hate the phrasing but like they have a close loss to ohio state and a close loss to michigan um i would argue though like i would argue well the iowa went if they beat iowa wouldn't matter at this point either but like I would argue that if Clifford doesn't get hurt, like they beat Iowa. Um, if Clifford doesn't get hurt, isn't hurt, they probably don't lose to Illinois. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, we're spending way too much right, time. Right, because the results are the results. So, I mean, yes. you have yeah, to factor like, them in. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be fair to that. I'm trying to be right. consistent in that regard. Um, it's just funny because it's continuous. Like, an SEC team is the, the, is the first four-loss team in the rankings. Um, it just continues to bolster, bolster Alabama. That's what it is, man. Um, so Oklahoma's behind Baylor. Yep. Baylor beat Oklahoma this weekend. Yep. Why do you think they – like there's a part of me that says that Oklahoma dropping five spots tells them they know they've had conversations about the suspect offense, the suspect quarterback play, the fake ID almost that you've been knocking on. They've been aware of that up to this point. Right, because with the way that they talk about Michigan and Michigan State, that that head-to-head doesn't factor in because Michigan has all the stats. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Just hold on to that, but keep going because I, I cannot wait to lay into that. But keep going. Yes. Yeah. So Oklahoma, though Baylor gets the advantage mm-hmm. to go ahead. I don't know what the stats necessarily look like between the two teams, and I guess they're not comparable. But I'm just interested in how the head-to-head works there. And Oklahoma drops all the five spots when the the quarterback suspect at Oklahoma factors in now that yep. they've lost. But now that Michigan State's lost to an unranked team or lost to an unranked team, uh, you know, two weeks ago, that their suspect back end on defense being exposed by an unranked team doesn't somehow still. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel no, like oh, there's, there's there, not a, a, a there's no consistency, right? Which that, is the and, argument for so many years. And, and that's and this is my biggest problem. And it came, it all came to a head. And I've come to, I've come to my concrete stance. I hate this. I expand the playoff. I'm done with this four team garbage. Give me auto bids. Give me a twelve team playoff. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. Because when Gary Barta says. Aside from the games we've seen on the screen, Michigan has better stats than Michigan State across the board. What the freaking crap did you say? I'm sorry. Did you say aside from what we've seen on the field? You mean where two weeks ago Michigan State beat Michigan? So, like, like they, they didn't even say, we just think since the loss, they have looked better or they look like the better team. You pulled out stats, which, by the way, is, again, guided by ESPN. But then you continue to have Oregon over Ohio State, which if you look at any statistics across the board there, Ohio State is better than Oregon. So where, yeah. where's the consistency there? So, first of all, you, you showed your hand, Barta, that y'all aren't watching the games. Because if you're looking at stats and uh, stats across the board that are overwhelmingly better for a team who beat the other team on the field, that tells me you are not paying attention to the games that are being played. And of course you're not watching the games because this isn't your daytime job. And I get that, but we should not have these guys on here who aren't truly going to watch these freaking games, man. And you're going to lean on FPI and offensive efficiency as your way of telling which team is better? 
when we saw it on the field just two weeks ago. Now, and I'm not even here's the thing. The 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 point that being made, I do think Ohio State's better than Oregon. I probably do think Michigan is better than Michigan State. That's not my problem. My problem is the rationale in which they're making these decisions. Because it's not consistent. If you're going to say that Michigan is higher than Michigan State, because of those reasons you listed, you should have Ohio State higher than Oregon. And you may not even have Oregon ranked in the top four, if that's truly what you're going by. No, I I, I think I agree. Um, you almost feel like you want to go back to the computer system if the people are going to be lazy, because at least the computer system was consistent. Or you know, you can't argue that the computer isn't consistent because it doesn't have a choice. You know, People can be lazy and not watch the ball games. Or not be as dialed into the ball games, or not watch as much, or you know whatever. So schedule gets too busy, whatever. I shouldn't watch. I shouldn't be watching more games than they are. Right. Like, and I say that. Yes, I'm a fan. Yes, I'm obsessed with the game. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I talk about it. That's why I waste the money on magazines and all this stuff that I do. But this is a hobby for me. These guys are paid. And they are like the well-being of some conferences lean on whether or not their team gets into the playoff. These guys should do a much, much better job at what they're doing. And I I think it's stupid. Yeah, I agree. Anything else stand out here in this? uh, The rankings. Top top 25. Um, Just I, I, I don't think I think the ACC and the Big 12 are in a lot of trouble. And I don't I don't think they're going to get in. Well, yeah, with only four spots, somebody's got to be left out. So, but I think two um, conferences are going to get left out. Sure, and I, I I could see that as well. Yeah, because I just don't. I mean, Wake Forest doesn't have the cachet because obviously, if Clemson was nine and one right now, you bet your bottom dollar they'd be up there closer to where Cincinnati is if they were nine and one. Yeah, and rolling, you give them nine and one in the same stats offensively that Wake Forest has right now. You bet they're up there around number five because they're yeah they've been one of the programs. So Wake's going to get screwed for being Wake, and this is just so impressive that Wake's at ten. So they'll just be happy at ten because it's Wake. So now that's not to say Wake's better than any of these people that are in front of them. It's just it's it's interesting that that bias that that recency that market yeah value that you carry with you. You're the fact that you're Alabama Mm -hmm. has you at number two. The fact that your Ohio State carries some weight. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, the, the other the other piece of kind of like news that I wanted to lean on today tonight is, <clears throat> excuse me, is the coaching carousel. I, I don't want us to spend too much time on who could replace who, but I, we ha- like we're at the point now where we have to make mention of this, right? Right. Yeah. Um, we are now currently at there are seven openings. Yeah, think, and there's at least been two others, right, that have been filled. Yeah, there. Yes. So right now, the the biggest jobs that are available at this moment are LSU, USC, Virginia Tech, Washington, TCU, and Washington State. I mean, I mean, and there there are other jobs that are under that. Like it, everyone, everyone is assuming that Miami is going to fire Manny Diaz, and there are you know if these next two games don't go their way then Florida will probably be looking for a new coach as well. And you've got Florida International, just to mention them, who are, you know, who are, who's looking for, you know, looking for a coach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, here's just what I wanted to, the reason why I want to bring this up is one, because it's gotten so big, so the list has gotten so long, but two, these programs are getting scared to death because of the early signing period. And 
they are hiring these coach, they're firing these coaches that they were going to fire, and they're putting they're putting a immense amount of pressure on these on their teams and their assistant coaches and these recruits by trying to have a quick turnover a few weeks, you know, because we're like a month away from early signing day. Yeah, could this could this mean that early signing day goes to the wayside? Because that I, I don't know, I don't quite understand exactly who's in charge, but I feel like at some point the programs are going to say, okay, if this what they're doing right now doesn't work and it doesn't allow, let's just say, for Clay Helton to save the the recruiting class for Georgia Southern this upcoming go around, or it doesn't allow for you know Coach A to save the recruiting class for LSU. I would imagine at some point they rethink this early signing day deal because there's just no way around it. There's there's no way to you're, – you're hamstringing your first-year quarterback or, excuse me, your first-year head coach who's bringing in an inadequate by several met, you know, several standards or several, you know, rungs on the, on the top 25 list. You're bring, you're hamstringing him big time with that first recruiting class. It is a de- – is definitely – a unique situation and and I, the thing is dude i don't know what the answer is um except for like they they need to get your house in order <laughs> you know yeah. like they, they need to figure something out because right, the idea that i'm suggesting obviously would backtrack for the kids the kids yes. there's a there's what some value in this for the kids to sign early there's obviously value in you know the the already established head coaches to go ahead and have an early signing period. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not. And I, yeah, I, I, you know, once we get to, you know, once, once these coaches started getting announced, like, you know, we'll react to them and stuff. But like, I imagine, you know, in a couple of weeks, um, when we're going in championship weekend, you know, we'll have less games. And so we'll probably, we'll probably take a few minutes to dive into, you know, who's going where kind of coach wise, it does seem that AM, you know, Jimbo's not going anywhere. And holy crap, as of today, it is apparent that Mel Tucker is not going anywhere. Um, with that yeah, massive contract. At least contract. for this first year, yeah. Yeah, like with this massive contract, he's he's going to be and, and look, it just happens. I'm not offended by this. It's just the way the market he he is he set the market today, if he with this with the signing of this contract, because he's making more money than I think he's like the second highest paid coach down the country. Something like that. Um, all right, Spence. Um, well, real quick before we move on. Yeah. You mentioned the Miami job could come open for those maybe not paying, you know, not noticing. the They fired their athletic director down there. Yes. And that could be a big reason why whoever the new guy is that comes in is probably not going to be hanging on to Manny Diaz. And so while the Hurricanes lost this past weekend to FSU – and maybe haven't looked as good as we expected them to, you could imagine that maybe if the athletic director, uh, Blake James, was still in position, that he might let Manny Diaz play this out a little bit longer. But they fired Blake. They're, so you're expected that whoever comes in new is going to bring in their guy, and that's why that one might be coming to coming to pass there in, uh, in Miami. Can I ask you an unfair question that I'm kind of putting you on the spot? Sure. Uh, is Miami is Miami a top ten job anymore? Uh, as of right now, probably no, because 
they might not be able, they might not be willing, because I was saying this when the athletic director was fired, and I've heard other people echo similar thoughts is the athletic director isn't the only thing here that you've got to, you know, is not the only rot, if you will, to chop out. You've got a lot of other issues there at Miami, a lot of other people who have not fully committed to the football program that you've got to cut out or at least have got to change their thinking. Yeah. So um, people don't even realize it's not people don't even realize that it's a private school. Yeah. So they don't, they might not necessarily have the kind of money that other people have. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was the conversation about going and getting Mario Cristobal. And if you're Miami and you're trying to compete with Oregon slash Nike and Phil Knight, you're, you, you're dead in the water. You, you don't have any competition. There's probably a lot of programs that don't have competition. The fact that Nike can provide so much just to the assistant coaches. I heard, I've heard private jets flying around on recruiting trips for assistant coaches. How do you compete with that if mm-hmm. you're Miami, who's struggling and has been struggling for the better part of 20 years? Yeah, no, How do I you, agree. I mean, you can't compete with that. No, you can't. Um, I'm, 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 I will be paying attention to this coaching carousel very closely. And like, I'm just kind of thinking about these jobs and like the ranking of them right now. And like, if let's just say Miami and Florida, those two jobs open up, you know, I still, I, th- I think, I think Florida is probably a better job than USC. It, it's, it's probably the second best job if it comes open because they're like, you should go look at the facilities, like the facilities they're about to build finally after all these years is about to be like on par with with Georgia and with Bama and that's really every that's the only thing that's really been holding them back as far as believing that they're you know in the same echelon as these other SEC teams with, who spend all this money if the Florida job comes open like I, I think I think that is a top tier job I think there are probably going to be a lot of people who want that job because you you it's of the jobs we've talked about it doesn't seem to have this cancerous like cancerous you know, um, back back alley group who's controlling everything. You know, so to to start to start off our well, first of all, I want to transition to our picks. Uh, how do we do this week? Before I jump into the game, that's gonna we're gonna talk about Florida, Florida for another second or two. I went three and four. I got Notre Dame over Virginia. I got NC. No, I got Wake over NC State, and I got Georgia over Tennessee. You also got those three. And then you had Baylor over Oklahoma. You went four and three. We both missed Auburn, or we both had Auburn beating Mississippi State. We both had Miami beating FSU, and we both had AM beating Ole Miss. We were wrong on all three of those. Bunch of idiots. Well, broken clocks, right? Uh, twice a day. Yeah. Um, and just so people know, I did like I know on the on the thing, I did pick. <clears throat> Uh, I did pick, um, I, p- I picked Virginia to beat Notre Dame, but then the very next day found out that their starting quarterback would not be playing. And so I called, I called Spencer and changed my pick. No, you had Notre Dame on the day of. No. I wrote you down for Notre Dame on the day of. Well, you changed it. Remember? I, Cause I no, called you. I haven't marked anything out. Well, I, I remember you called me, and I think I just told you it was already Notre Dame. You huh. called me about something else. I thought. I mean, I pointed out that the Baylor the Baylor coach was not going to be there, uh, who left. 
but that who went to Texas Tech that didn't matter though. No. Um, but let's let's talk about Florida really quickly because it's it's not one of the games that we picked. I just want to make mention of this. <sighs> Florida gave up more points in one half than they have in Florida history. But today. now Robbie, now wait a minute. Now we have to celebrate Robbie, the 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 offensive player that set an offensive record, and that you know that hadn't been done since Tim Debo. We got to sell you know. We had an offensive player set a record at the University of Florida, and we just have to celebrate that. You know, okay, that's what we're going to celebrate now. We're not going, we're going to celebrate a win. I'm not okay. never going to not celebrate a win now. All right. Yeah. Well, you understand. I, I mean, I know exactly what you're referencing. I know exactly what you're talking about. It still <laughs> angers me that you brought it up. Yeah, like he, he just doesn't get it, man. He it, just doesn't it, get it. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it, and. I mean, I know for a fact that there are a lot of people who are who are just done with him as far as fans go. Um, and then, like, you hear that, and he's defending, like, we need to praise this win. Not not talk about the fact that you slacked off, you allowed you, you allowed 42 points, you gave up 42 points to Samford, not Stanford, not Bama. You gave up 42 points in the first half, the most points you've ever given up in, a half, in, in the first half of a game ever. Think about all of the great offenses yes. at Florida State, at Tennessee, Ohio at State. Alabama, Ohio State. Think of all of the great opponents that the Florida Gators have faced as a defense, and they have never given up 42 points in the first half of a ball game. The hatch attack comes to town at the FCS level of Samford. Reference. Let's go. VSU reference, hatch attack. Chris Hatcher, the head coach at Samford, formerly at VSU, our alma mater, Right. Comes into town and just lights it up. That doesn't happen to a team who's geared up, ready to go for their head coach. It's and all also, talk. Maybe Grantham wasn't the problem. You're saying that now? Yeah. Like maybe, maybe Grantham wasn't the problem, folks. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Like here, here's why. Like so, last week I tweeted out before this game started. I tweeted out. I believe Mull, and I said on the podcast that Mullen can can make changes, and become successful at Florida. I renege on all of that. I retract all of it. Once I watched that game and saw that he, his team quit on him, it didn't matter because they had enough players and enough dudes to to beat uh, beat Samford, a Christian school known for baseball. Rob, did you see the play where Emory Jones is under pressure and he just tosses one out into the flat? To Mark Davis. I think it was Mark Davis. Mm-hmm. And Mark Davis catches it and then almost just runs a straight line to the end zone and nobody nobody touched him. It was nobody even came close to touching him. And it was one of those plays where you're like, that you're that team that just made that play with athletes like that guy is struggling with a team who couldn't even come close to catching, touching that guy who started off with the football at the line of scrimmage and basically just ran a line into the end. That's how talented Florida can be or is. Yep. Yet this team who could barely touch that kid is giving them all they want. Yeah. And I I mean, I would make the case that Samford was the better team that day. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, you know, after that game, I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be the coach anymore after this year. Um, let's let's rewind. Go back to Thursday night. I th- did we pick the North Carolina pit game? 
We did not. Okay. Well, then I'll just mention Pittsburgh gets the win over North Carolina. Um, Let's let's go ahead and get the Georgia game out of the way. So you and I, Spencer, we talked about this game. We both picked Georgia to win, obviously. We but we did not think that they would cover because we knew that Tennessee was you know was going to be the best offense that Georgia had probably seen this year, and that they like I think I said this like they're going to get they're going to get a score or two at the end of the game, you know, to probably make it look closer than it is. I was never worried about Georgia losing this game at all. Um, do Georgia like? Tennessee comes out in the first on the first drive, opening drive, gets hit in the mouth, or hits Georgia in the mouth. Looks, you know, looks good on that first drive, and then Georgia responds incredibly fast uh, with like it's like five runs by by James Cook or something like that, and they you know they score very quickly. Tennessee scores a kicks a field goal. They're down at the end of the first quarter, but then reality kicks in and Georgia beats the freaking crap out of this team. And their defense dials in. They shut down. They make Hendon Hooker freak out. He 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 did not look good um, for the the final three quarters of this game. And Georgia continues to roll. Um, what did you want to add to this before I make my bold claim that I know that you you want to discuss? Well, I think the good thing for Georgia right now is they're. I don't want to say they're peaking, but they're moving along offensively. At the right time, they're yep. moving in the direction of potentially peaking. Peaking sounds weird because I don't. No. I don't. No. What was you my, know what I mean. So yeah, as I, as I'm my, saying that, I, yeah. What, what what was like? I think I said this either on the podcast. Or I know I said it to you on the phone. One of my concerns was about this Georgia team back in October was that they were going to hit their peak early and not get any better. And the rest of the country, their teams, the teams that were struggling during that time, were going to get better and get on the same level as Georgia. Do you remember me? I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That has not not happened. I'm not saying Georgia's going to win the national title right now. I'm not saying anything like that. What I'm saying is, as of November 17th, Georgia is the best team in the country, and they continue to show it. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, Oregon t- took them a little bit. But they put Washington State out of business. They let them score ten points late in the game. They win thirty-eight twenty-four. Um, the game that you know I picked. I did. Did we call Purdue to win, or we call Ohio State to win? We didn't even pick the game. Oh, well, that's dude. That's two <laughs> Big Ten games in a week in a row that we did not put on this that we should have. Um, I would. I mean, I would have picked Ohio State just because of the track record of Purdue. Yeah, uh, and that's, they, I think, how it got left off is that just I didn't think Purdue was going to go back-to-back weekends of yeah. top 10, well, top 5 upsets. Well, they 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 beat they beat Iowa, and then the next week they played Wisconsin and got wrecked. Right. So, like, I just assumed it was going to happen again. Right. Um, <clears throat> Ohio State, though, man, I just want to throw this out there. That was the scariest offense, offensive performance I've seen all year. Um, right, so if we're wanting to go back to uh, the Uli who's there in Athens. This is that kind of thing that people are saying, well, maybe Georgia doesn't have to get into a shootout this season with the way that their defense is playing. Well, if somebody's going to push it, that Ohio State performance from this past weekend, if they continue that and they get into a groove on that, then Ohio State might could do it. Might could do it. And I think Alabama might could do it, but Ohio State's the one I'd be putting money on if I had to put money on one. As of right now, it'd be Ohio State. Yeah, like, uh, like I don't know what's going to happen the next two weeks. Like you just, 
indicated, but like if if Ohio State goes full Death Star mode, man, like that, and they're gonna be hot on offense like that the rest of the year, like that's 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 the team I'm gonna be scared of. Mm-hmm. Like that that's gonna be, and Ohio State has the toughest road between now and a national championship than any other team in the country. Did you know that? They are they no, are, but it doesn't surprise me. They are the only team left. Like if they were to let's just say from this game until you know their these next two games, a ch- conference championship, and then two playoff games, that's five games. They're the only team in the country that would play five straight ranked teams to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we'll see how good they are. But I, I, I'm going to tell you, like this was the first time all season where I've looked at its t- offense and I was like, they they may be able to go toe to toe with Georgia, like. Yeah. And they may have the upper hand, especially when it comes to their wide receivers. Um, next, man, Michigan, Penn State. Penn State just gave it all they had. They can't run the ball, dude. They cannot run the ball. Can't score any points either. God, man, yes. They just – so frustrating. So frustrating. Because um, I wanted to love Penn State all year. And they've just they've just not been able to put it together. Um, but I also think there's a part of me that's like – James Franklin probably doesn't care because he's probably out the door about to get paid. Um, but uh, and we can talk more about James Franklin and whether he's under or overrated next week. Um, next is uh, the the upset of the week, which was Baylor over Oklahoma. And like I'm going to kind of be honest. I don't know if you felt the same way. And I know it was tied at halftime. But I kind of felt like Baylor kind of owned, owned this game kind of from the jump. Yeah, but I think, you know, there's all the the fuss about Oklahoma's defense not being great and not being, you know, sort of what we ex- were expecting from them. But I feel like a lot of the onus this season on Oklahoma's fake ID, you know, hinges a good little bit on their offense, at least just as much as their defense. So I thought that the defense at least gave them a chance. I think if you're Oklahoma, especially traditionally – you hold an opponent to 27 points, you expect to win that ball game. Right? Yeah. Especially yeah. you hold them yeah. to 10 points through three quarters, you expect to win that ball game. You no. expect to be up by enough points yeah. to go on and, and you know, um, not allow them to score 17 in that fourth quarter. So, I mean, Baylor, this was definitely one of those kind of slow burn kind of games where Baylor just kind of kept delivering body blows or somewhere along those lines, and then finally pulled away in the end uh, to win at 27-14. Give them all the credit. They did it. Yeah. I just never... I just never felt... I I felt like Baylor was in control. Like, I felt like Baylor was going to win this game kind of from the first quarter. When Caleb Williams threw that ugly interception in the first quarter, I kind of just felt like, yep, Baylor's got this game. But... Also, just really quickly, Michigan State continues to have the ugliest alternate uniforms in the country. Um, God, they were, those are hideous. I, ugh, all I see is a thumbnail of them, and I just want to throw up. Um, yeah, Notre I don't Dame, know why they go with that. I don't either, man. That just is so hideous. And then and the, number, actually... the, the number is white. The letters are just – I'm done. Notre Dame uh, handles business 28-3. Probably wish they could have put a – you know, gotten more done – um, you know, through the air on the ground against a team who didn't have their starting quarterback, um, but they win their game. Oklahoma State takes care of business. Um, 
and then we we get Ole Miss and A and M. I guess technically was an upset. Um, you know, well, we both picked A and M to win, so yeah, it was an upset. Uh, this to me though was one of those impressive performances by Ole Miss's defense that I think showed, man, if Ole Miss doesn't like, if they if just a couple of things bounce their way differently and they don't lose so many players, uh, they're they're only ha- they're only looking at one loss right now instead of two. Is it is it an Ole Miss defensive performance or is it just Texas A and M doesn't have any any kind of offense? Man, I don't know because that, that defensive line for Ole Miss was putting pressure that I hadn't seen them do all year, and we know we know A and M's offensive line is decent. That's just that's just what I was impressed by was just the the like the flying around that Ole Miss's defense was doing. Yeah, I feel like if you're Texas A and M, if you're anybody in the Southeastern Conference, and you're told that you're going to hold Ole Miss's offense to 29 points. You got to think you have a good chance of winning. And Texas A&M, I feel like you might could argue, never really were were close in this one, even though it's a 10 point ball game yeah. to finish. Oh no, yeah, I agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was. Off I was with you. No, 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 no. I was just. I think I'm. That's it. I think you're. If you're Texas A&M, you just have to be kicking yourself right now at the at the injuries to your quarterback position. The fact that Zach Calzada just hasn't stepped up um, consistently. He got you the win against Alabama, so you're probably not going to rag him too much. But you also want this win over Ole Miss. You you have a chance to sort of – you're a little bit in the driver's seat for a chance at Atlanta still was, and now and now you're not. Ole Miss you know, rips that out of your hands and with a beat-up offense, you hold them to 29, but you almost feel like with that beat-up offense that – you might have can done more and won the ball game. So, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Uh, next, uh, Wake Forest uh, beats NC State 45-42. This was probably this is probably the most entertaining game of the of, of the week of the weekend for me at least. Um, it was just a lot of fun back and forth, a lot of scoring. Um, Devin Leary, man, he was cooking. Uh, he was doing really well. Wake Forest comes out the win. Um, we'll talk about them here in a minute, but they have an opportunity to win, to win their division, with a with a game against Clemson this weekend. Um, has anything kind of changed with you for Wake, or is it kind of just like with me, where it's, man, they are a glass cannon. They they are going to score a lot of points, but they are not going to stop anybody. Well, I feel like, well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. That that's my C story I mean, impression. Well, they ho- yeah, they hold NC State to four point one yards per attempt, and they hold Devin Leary to what is that six point nine yards per attempt? Uh huh. Six almost sixty pass attempts for Devin Leary and four hundred yards. That's not a great day, in terms of the sixty sixty passes. Um, I feel like you did a good job, NC State, in keeping them from being explosive. But other than that, I mean, obviously they scored the 42 points and 15 of those coming in the fourth quarter. I, I feel I feel good about I feel fine about Wake Forest. I feel like if you can if if they can keep people from being explosive and then force people to be consistent and drive the field, take long drives, that sort of thing, or take a lot of plays to get down the field, I feel like that's an advantage for them. And this weekend against you know Clemson, that that might come in handy. That's true. I mean, and <clears throat> Clemson doesn't have an offense that could get through a wet paper bag, so I'm not really like I, I'm. I'm going to pick Wake to win, but 
Um, Mississippi State beats Auburn in Auburn, 43-34. One of the more impressive games of Mike Leach's career at... 28-3. Huh? 28-3. Yeah. Uh, Auburn was up 28-3. Uh, we relived um, a wonderful Falcon memory, um, as everyone pointed it out, um, all freaking night long. Um, right, because Auburn fans are Atlanta fans. Yeah. Um, all Auburn fans are Atlanta fans, so that's why this is relevant. So yeah. let's let's stick a thorn in the side of all the Atlanta fans who aren't Auburn fans. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this, though. Uh, Will Rogers continues to have an incredible season, 450, 415 yards for six touchdowns. But the person who I walk away with most impressed is Bo Nix. Breaks his leg, goes on to play two more series, and he tries to finish the game with his team, can't finish the game, they lose. Uh, and he's done for the year. He had surgery, having surgery this week. He's done for the year. But I mean, I just, I, I just gained a lot of respect for that kid. Um, I, I can't imagine playing. I, I can't imagine walking upstairs with a broken leg, much less playing two full series in collegiate football with a broken leg. Yeah, and the and the Mississippi State defense is pretty good too. So it's not yeah, like you're, um, I mean, you're you're under under duress at that point. So. Yeah, kudos to, uh, to to Bo Nix. Hopefully, a speedy recovery for him. And hats off to Mississippi State too. You know, it's um, I don't think that that's uh, they're not as overly explosive offense. Even though you consider the air yeah, they raid and ex- dunk like crazy. Yeah, fifty-five attempts for Will Rogers, four hundred and fifteen yards, forty-four completions for four hundred yards. So I mean, that's <laughs> you know, you're not you're not slinging the ball down the field quite like the. Washington State or Texas Tech days, at least yet, you're not doing it that way. Yeah. Um, that's the last game that I had to cover. Oh, well, the Miami-Florida State game. Florida Florida State gets a gets a big win um, over Miami. That that was a really fun game to watch, actually. I know, I know it wasn't for Miami fans, but just you know, from an outsider, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, FSU puts himself in a position to where if they win this weekend, the game against Florida means they're bowl eligible. Yeah. Um, yep. and they've got Boston College this weekend. Is that right? So it's not going to be easy so. this weekend um, uh, for FSU. I wanted to make mention. I, I did have one more. Just the Kansas Texas debacle. Texas sucks. And well, they got a week. They're, they're in that. They if you're a Texas fan, you're hoping that they are in the weeding out process. Yes, that all the That's stuff with point. the recorded video. This now you hope that they're in the weeding out process. And that this is the coaching staff identifying this is the pressure of the season, maybe more or less, identifying the um, the weak links, identifying the weeds. And then this coaching staff is smart enough to get get those guys out and or either change those guys, transform them into players who want to be, you know, rough and tough Texas players. So that's what you hope that this is right now. And um, you 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 take the Kansas loss. And you just you just pray that that's what it is, because if you come into the uh, the SEC, which is of course what everybody all the fun that everybody's having, you come in the SEC with this, and it's it's going to be a long day because your gimme games against Mississippi State and Arkansas aren't going to be so gimme. Yeah, they, yeah, and, and you know again that is a great point about the weeding out process, and that may just you know this needs to happen for Sark to turn things around. You know, um, I, I have been I wanted a I wanted Sark to get a second chance. And so I'm I'm not bailing on him at all. 
Um, I just hate it. I just hate they Texas is like not even relevant because did, of how bad they are this year. Did you hear the question that the reporter asked to Steve Sarkeesian this week? No, I keep seeing like I keep seeing the clip of it, but I don't get to watch it, and I haven't done that. It's literally sixty seconds of this really poetic sounding question about how this guy, the reporter, once had this friend one time, and we had this conundrum, and we had to we we would ask ourselves, what is it that an extraordinary extraordinary person would do in this situation? And so, coach, we believe that you're the extraordinary person. What do you want to do as the extraordinary person to fix the problems here at at, at Texas? It was this long, 60 seconds long worth of just, huh? What do you ask the question, dude? What are you doing with all this crazy setup? So it was uh, everybody was having a very good time uh, at that gentleman's expense. Yeah, well, I I will watch that now later. Thank you for mentioning that to me. Uh, Welcome. I appreciate that. You're my boy, Blue. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump into these. <laughs> let's let's jump into the games for the week. Um, we're going to try to do better. We're going to try to be over. Both of us are going to try try be over 500. All right, Spencer. We're going to take a shot in the dark. <laughs> I will take a shot in the dark. <laughs> take a shot in the dark. All right, man. We got Arkansas at Bama. Yeah, and I wrote this one down just because you kind of feel like it's a big game. It is. Especially for um, what's on the other side of this for Bama? Does Bama have a weak cheese coming up here at some point before Auburn? No, this is the game before Auburn. Okay, that's okay. So yeah, you you don't want to get caught sleeping before you know before Big Bad JT Finley comes to town. But Alabama, Arkansas, twenty one point favorite for the Tide. If Arkansas could get this, they're seven and three on the season. So, I mean, if you get this win, if you somehow or another find a way to channel your early defense from the beginning of the season, oh boy, the recruiting advantages, the, and uh, you put Alabama out of their misery. Well, maybe not their misery. You put the rest of us out of our oh. misery and eliminate Alabama from the field, from the opportunity. If you're Auburn, you certainly have your fingers crossed here that that could happen. But, um, I think it's a big game. Alabama has to keep their head on a swivel. They didn't necessarily cruise past LSU. You got to believe Arkansas is going to play with the same kind of enthusiasm. And if that's the case, then Arkansas, I think, could have a chance in this one with uh, with Alabama. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. <clears throat> I'm. I think this game is going to be close. Um, closer than the experts think. Yeah, I, I didn't want to steal his phrase, but yeah, well, like, go right ahead. It's Lee Corso. <clears throat> I mean, look, they. They lose, they lose to Georgia. You know, they get handled by Georgia, but who hasn't been? They they lose to Ole Miss, like literally on the last play of the game. They lose to Auburn in a really weird game where they kind of get screwed again um, by the refs. And man, I, Spencer, I think I think Arkansas can win this game. I, I think they can. Yeah, I don't think they will. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like KJ Jefferson enough. Yeah, let me as a thrower of the pigskin. Well, he's played all season. He has only nineteen hundred yards passing. Um, 
They are, but here's the thing: they are still sixth in the country, man, in rushing yards per game. And as we have seen, Bama struggles against the run. If you can run the ball well, mm-hmm. they only give up twenty-two. Ooh, there they are. Go they only give up twenty-two points a game. They play that weird three-three-five. So Georgia allowed the two forty-six to, or excuse me, Alabama allowed the two forty-six to Florida. Nobody's been over a hundred yards rushing since then. Texas A&M got ninety-four. Southern Miss got eighty-two. Ole Miss seventy-eight. LSU got one hundred and nine. They're the only other team uh, that has rushed for over a hundred yards this season on Alabama. And New Mexico State came through with a whopping nine yards rushing. Mississippi State doesn't count. I would like to. I would like as. As, as Leach is a member of the conference, I would almost like for Mississippi State's rushing stats to just not count at all. You know what I mean? It yeah. feels like it's just not – it wouldn't be – it's not completely fair. He had 19 attempts for a negative one yards. That's got to improve your numbers by a large a large portion, right? Let's yeah. see what the number is. Continue. No, no, I I think you're right. I – I just don't. I just don't think this Bama team is that good. Like, well, I think you're like last year's Bama team. Last year's Bama team is probably one of the most like outside of 2019. LSU is probably the best collegiate offense we've ever seen. But, but he, and but here's why I think Bama wins. It's not because of their offense. It's because I do think that we have started underselling their defense. Will Anderson is literally leading. Like he's the one that we should have. Like someone should have mentioned last week about. Um, about the best player in the country, like most impressive or however I worded it, dude, he's leading the country in sacks and lead the country in tackles for loss. He And he doesn't even play every down. Uh, Alabama wins this game, but they win because their defense is, is, is getting better or is better than we think they are. But I, there's a part of me that thinks that Arkansas can pull this upset. I, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take. So, so on the season, Alabama's given up two point six yards on the ground. Without yep. the Mississippi State's state stats, it's mm-hmm. two point eight. So, okay, that's with Miss. That's obviously with New Mexico yep. State and Mercer factored yep. in as well. So, I guess if you were going to take Mississippi State out, you would take those two programs out as well. But whatever, I don't have the time to do that math. No, I think Alabama wins as well. Okay. I think Bryce Young is I mean, I think you're gonna be able to force them to throw the football more than they want to. Even if they have a ground game that has a pulse, they'll have to throw it more than they want to, and I just don't trust KJ Jefferson to do that. And that's fair. Um and you're picking Bama as well here. Yeah, I'm picking Bama, but okay. I just I, I just right want to throw up there that I, I really do think that there's a world in which Arkansas wins this game. Turnovers. Um, yeah. Turnovers, but also big plays. Like Bama can give up big plays to the air. Okay. Um, you know, just can like you just said, can KJ Jefferson, you know, take advantage of that. Um, all right, Wake Forest at Clemson. I mean, all right, Wake, you have a chance to to shut all the doubters up. You are a four and a half point underdog at Clemson noon. I hate that it's a noon game. Um, but they may like that it's Ooh, a noon it's game. a noon game? Yeah, it's a noon game. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, Wake Forest at Clemson. I, I'm taking I'm taking Wake Forest. 
I think Sam Hartman is great. I think DJ Ugalangale, this version of him this year, is not great. Um, I think Clemson's defense defense is really good. I think Wake Forest's offense is borderline elite. I think that Clemson's offense is not very good, and as you pointed out, Wake Forest's defense is okay. Give me Wake Forest to go into Clemson and win win the ACC Coastal. Always forget, but they're going to win their division Saturday. Yeah, I like Wake here as well. I just feel like they can generate the offense that they're going to need. We've already seen – okay, I pulled up the wrong thing there. Um, I think we just now have seen Clemson get over the hump scoring points in a ball game. They've been averaging – they're now averaging the 24, but – Oh man, where are the results at? But who they just score those forty-four points against? Them? Yeah, they they just scored some big points, so they got forty-four on UConn. UConn, but they did get the thirty over Louisville and the thirty on FSU. So you, I mean, I'm not saying this is an offense that's now clicking and it's ready to go play with the big boys. They're starting to figure things out on that side of the football. <sighs> I think Wake Forest wins this ball game. Because I think it's probably too little, too late, and this is a, a, a decent enough wake defense. But if you're Clemson and you're figuring things out, then this could be sort of one of those moments. Can you imagine the story over the weekend? Clemson regains its season by beating top ten Wake Forest. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what kind of backwards world are we living in when you Clemson hear, you regains their season? You want to hear a top ten win over? Wake, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you just want to hear something crazier. I would like to hear something crazier. If Clemson wins this game, and then Wake Forest loses next week to Boston College, Clemson goes to the ACC title game. Ouch. Please, Wake Forest, do not lose this weekend. What do you got against the? What do you got against the Tigers? Dude, Tigers. Whatever. I'm I'm frustrated at Dabo. His whole his comments about the transfer portal. His the lack of desire to even embrace the transfer portal and belittle it and not use it at all is going to is is going to end up hurting him way more than just this season has. But that's for another conversation. Um, all right, the the I would probably say like we've got a lot of big games this weekend. Um, even though one of the games you listed, I, it just looks like a toddler typed it, so I don't know what that is. Um, so what, maybe which one is that? Are you looking at your list that you typed me? I am, but I can't remember if I if I deleted one off of what I sent you. Well, you need look at okay after the Michigan State Ohio State game. Look at that. Look at that, and I guess fix it, or t- you tell me what it is after we're done picking this game. Uh, Michigan State Ohio State. That was supposed to be Iowa State Oklahoma. Dude, no, that's not what that's that's not what that says. Let me see what I sent you. <laughs> okay, Michigan State. Yeah, you continue. Michigan State at Ohio State, nineteen point favorite in Ohio State. You've got two. Oh. <laughs> you've got two, you've got two, you saw it. You've got two Heisman hopefuls in C.J. Stroud and Kenneth Walker. Uh, look, man, Michigan State can't stop anyone who passes well. Ohio State can be run on. Kenneth Walker is going to eat, but I just think I, I think Ohio State has too many dudes, and it's at it. It's at uh, Ohio State. H- here's the thing, though. I I do think. This Ohio State team is either losing this week or next week. I do. 
Uh, I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have that it factor that Ohio, that you need as a team, as an elite team, to go three weeks in a row of playing ranked opponents and win all three of those games. I don't think they. I don't think that's who they are. I don't think that's who they've been all year. Um, I think they've gotten lucky in some regards against the teams that they've gotten to play. Nebraska should have beaten them. Um, but I don't know how Michigan State stops them through the air because they have not really been able to stop many teams who have a passing off a passing offense. So give me the Buckeyes. Um, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. Outside of my Georgia, outside of pulling for Georgia, there's not a team in the country that I'm pulling for full for more than Michigan State Spartans this weekend. And the Wake Forest Demon Dinkins, it sounded like just a second. Well, ago. I mean, I just that's anti Clemson. I'm I'm pulling for Michigan State because I want Michigan State to because I think the committee is screwing them over for the wrong reasons. Give me I, like I'm so hardcore pulling for Michigan State right now. Um, so you already touched on it, and I think if you're going to be a team that's going to try to steal possessions with the ground game, you have to turn that ground game into points. You can't just eat up clock. You've got to be able to score points. And then you can't just eat up clock. You've got to be able to get stops as well. Go back to the Kentucky game. Kentucky had 45 minutes of possession, but they couldn't stop anybody. So their possession, their clock eating, it didn't matter anything because they couldn't stop Tennessee. You could potentially see a similar thing happen this weekend. Um, If Michigan State can't prevent points, then Ohio State's going to score all day. So, I mean, I like Ohio State to win here as well, and and I'll be pulling for Michigan State also. But I think the um, I think the the wise choice is to go ahead and select uh, Ohio State. All right, next game I'm assuming is Iowa State at Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. You know how you can like scan a picture now with your phone, and it'll put, pick up the it'll pick up the text. Yes. Seen that? Yeah, so yeah. I tried that here, and it, I guess it picked up everything else. I guess my – and I don't even see what's wrong with my handwriting that bad. I guess it didn't – I guess it didn't pick up the state, the ST for Iowa, and my, I guess my Oklahoma is a little funky. Because it looks like your right hand, like, all of a sudden got Parkinson's, like, while you're writing. All right, Michael J. Fox reference oh, on the podcast. Really? Why did you, why'd you have to make it real, okay? I just was making a joke. <laughs> I didn't make it real. Well, what I just what we got to put a face to these diseases <laughs> so that they can get cured and, and fight. Right, well, now now I feel awful. All right. Um, okay, <laughs> Iowa State at Oklahoma. Iowa State should win this game. But Iowa I don't State, know what to expect from Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State has not been the team that we expected them to be at all this year. They're mm-hmm. a three and a half point underdog at Oklahoma. But you know, also like there's a part of me it's like, okay, well, Oklahoma, you know, what what is Oklahoma's mindset in this yeah, game? Who who is Oklahoma when they come off of losses? That's what I'd yeah. like to know. Um, you know, give me an upset here. Give me Iowa State over Oklahoma. Um before I, I just to so talk. you're you're talking about a, 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 oh, a never mind. somewhat of a collapse. Iowa yeah. or Oklahoma losing twice in a row? Or is are, is their ID that fake? Ugh, I don't know because like Iowa State just lost to Texas Tech last week, and Texas Tech didn't even have a head coach. Um, never mind. Mm. Never mind. G- give me give me Oklahoma. Also, the, do these games that we just picked the Wake Iowa State and. Uh, the other game, what was the other game we picked? Oh, like Wake, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Iowa State, Oklahoma are all at noon. All three of them are at noon. But go ahead and pick the game. What do you think? 
Well, I, I was hoping I would be able to find a little bit about Oklahoma. Let's see if I can grab Lincoln Riley and see if his. He's only mm-hmm. lost like four games his entire time at Oklahoma. I mean, that's an exaggeration. I think it's like six, but like it's, not, it's nine. He's fifty-four and nine. Jeez, oh, it's still single. Digit. So, so they, yeah, so they don't lose very often. I can't tell how many times they lose in a row. I don't know why their game log wouldn't be here for the coach like it is for the players, but whatever. So, yeah, I think they bounce back. I think they bounce back. I think there's something a little more wrong with this particular Iowa State team than just, you know, it's been a rough year. Not that Matt Campbell's in any danger. Of course not. Uh, Not at, not, uh, not there. um, Yeah. I don't expect Oklahoma to lay a dud twice in a row. No, that's that's fair, and you're you're probably you're probably right. Um, but wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> um, all right, we we basically have a pick 'em um, with Florida State, Boston College. I'm just adding the game really quickly uh, because you know there are some things on the line here. Um, uh, is is this FSU at? Yeah, Boston it's, it's, it's at Boston, Boston College. But here's here's the the the, the weird thing. It's at one and a half point favorite for Boston College. It's essentially a pick 'em. Um, Drakovic is back for Boston College. Oh, he is. The that is that is what I understand. Phil Drakovic is back. That's why this makes that's what makes this a uh, horse of a different color. You know what though? No, I think FSU has more to play for. I think they know that if they win the next two games, they they're bowl eligible. Give me FSU to pull the upset. Okay. I'll give you FSU to pull the upset. I never thought I'd say those words this season, but give me FSU to pull the upset. I would like to pick FSU as well. I agree that they have more to play for. Jordan Travis is one of the unsung heroes. He is maybe the faster version uh, of the more shifty version of Stetson Bennett. Is that, would that be, is that sort of fair? Yeah. And I think Jordan Travis has worked his butt off and gotten a lot better than he was last year. Because all he was last year was a battering ram. What do you do? We know how Boston College does against the ground game. Not off the top of my head. See I don't. We, I don't have some stats in front of me. Let's see if we can pull it up here, just real quick, like and in a hurry. Can we do anything quick, like and in a hurry? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Everything is slow moving. I swear you um, like you're like the sloth from Zootopia. Mm, that's a reference. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, continue, and I'll we'll just was going to make mention that Louisiana may beat Liberty this weekend, raging Cajuns. Um, but the next game on the list is UCLA at UC, USC. This game is really only pick. We're like we're only picking this game because it's of the brands and because of, um, you know, Chip Kelly has an opportunity to. He is now bowl eligible, um, but he also has a chance to with these last two weeks to get into a decent bowl um, with this well, UCLA a big rivalry as well. Yeah, I was well. I was wasn't done listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, it is a, another. It's a big rivalry. Um, it's a rich tradition. College football podcast, um, which we're, we're going to talk. Uh, it's funny that you say that. Like next weekend, we're going to talk more about rich traditions because it's Thanksgiving week and it's rivalry week. Um, but anyway, um, UCLA USC. I think this USC team is broken. Um, give me UCLA. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is is as advertised. He's really good. Um, I think he's going to finish out this, you know, this year strong. Give me UCLA. Is Jackson Dart playing for USC? Yes, he is getting his first start. 
UCLA is a three-point favorite. It's at home. Give me USC. I'm going right. to take my gamble here. Yeah, you got to start catching up. You got to get you try to catch up to me some. So yeah, exactly. I can't pick everything that you're picking because someone's going to basically where we're at. Basically where we're at at this point, except <laughs> for that that pick. Yeah. Um, Oregon, right. Utah. Yeah, buddy. Oregon has been running the football much better these last couple of weeks. Yeah, three hundred yards in the in, in each of the last two games, and if they can keep what's his name from having to um, the quarterback. That we were both high on at the beginning of the season that has Anthony not panned Brown. out. Anthony Brown, thank you. That has not panned out the way that we thought it would. If they can keep him from having to be a major factor in this ball game, then that could go a long way. But you got to imagine Utah's going to sell out to stop that run, right? And is that, can can they trust Anthony Brown enough to take advantage of that? Well, my answer would probably be no. Um. Could Utah go ahead and get the upset? Utah's the favorite here. Yeah, that, that was going to be something I was going to add. It's at night. It's the 7.30 game on ABC in Utah. Um, surprisingly, you, you, Utah. All right. So the Cameron last team. Wright, they're a different team under Cameron Rising. They are. Unfortunately, though, they lost to Oregon State. And Oregon's it's and the reason is because they gave up 260 yards rushing to Oregon State. Um, like I just like okay, look, I picked Oregon to win the Pac-12. You did. I did not expect them to lose to Stanford earlier in the year. I picked them to beat Ohio State. But man, had, like honest, honestly, got a question to you, Spencer. Have you been impressed with Oregon really any this year outside of outside of the Ohio State game? Mm-mm. That's kind of where I'm at too, man. I've been impressed with Utah the last few weeks, and it's at home. It's essentially game day. In fact, in the game at yeah, game day is there. Give me Utah with the upset. Mm. Or not even an upset. I mean, they're picked to win. Like they're the, they're the favorite. Give yeah. Me. How do how do you how do you frame this? If Utah wins, they beat the number three team in the country, so it's an upset of sort, even though they're favorite. Vegas they, just knows something. Vegas knows something. Like that's. I would imagine if they know something, it's Anthony Brown. Yeah. That yeah. Cameron Rising is is above Anthony Brown, and this Utah team started out slow. They've picked up the pace, six and one in conference play. I think, I think, I think Oregon loses this game to Utah, and then Oregon beats them in the the Pac-12 championship. All right, I'm taking Utah as well. Let's go. Um, just looking really quick to see if there's any other games before we get out of here. Um, is is is? I feel like you've already said it. But is Missouri beating Florida this weekend? <laughs> I was literally just about to say that game. Uh, is Connor Bazelak well, playing? I don't know. If Connor Bay, all right, I'm going to say this, and I, 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 our listeners, I hope you're listening. Here's my stipulation: they're not doing anything other. They can't watch. If yeah, that's true. If Connor Bazelak is, if Connor Bazelak is playing, oh, he played again. Oh, he played this past weekend against South Carolina. He got, he got the rust off after you know coming back after the uh, after being out for a little bit. 
where's the game at? It's at Missouri. Bro, let's go. Get, give me Missouri. This team has quit. On, this team has quit on Dan Mullen. Let's well, go. and Florida over the last few years has not played great against Missouri. No, that's always not. been a tight game. Yeah, I'm just worried at. about Missouri's defense. Well, I mean, everyone haven't should. Been, yeah, haven't, haven't they been doo doo this year? Dude, they've been so bad. Hold on, let me let me find a stat for you. Let me, let me look at this. Just straight. Holy crap! They Dude. are they are 118th in the country. Out of 130? Yeah. They are so bad on defense. <laughs> like, do they even play defense? So uh, their stats. Hold on, though. Like, here, here's, a, here's a better stat for you, though. You ready, Spence? 248 on the ground, uh, 455 total yards per, uh, per game, and they're allowing 6.8 yards per play. Spencer, here's the thing, though. I got a, I got a better stat for you. Florida has only beaten two Power Five teams this year: Vandy and Tennessee, who had Joe Milton at quarterback. But you saw this weekend that they that ultimately the offense didn't have a problem. I mean, they scored seventy points. I don't think offense was ever the thing that we were looking around saying what in the world is going on offensively. But it they, there, they they stumbled a couple of times, but then they re, they you know they made up for it, and the defense found its way. In the second half, only allowing the ten points. Obviously, it's Sanford, so it's not it's not a win. But I don't know. I think this if there's any of these games that they're going to capture, it could be this one. I just don't know if Missouri is going to be able to pull it off. Does I don't know. Maybe they could. They've got that Tyler Batty. Yeah, man. Like I mean, look, it, and and also think about this, man. It took Emory Jones having record setting day to beat Sanford. You know, Dan Mullen was very adamant about that record-setting day yes i'm not i wasn't saying that as a positive i was saying that as a <laughs> negative like i thought we were transitioning to the part where we celebrate dan mullen for his 70 point performance and we get up and dance in the locker room together like gleeful children celebrating a grade uh you know an, an ultimate grade on their test scores no i'm here to tell you that that's not that's not happening here um the yeah, give me give me Mizzou, man. Look, that I might I may that may backfire on me, but I think this team has quit. You're going into Missouri. It's different being on the road. It's, it's different being at home. It's different having your quarterback who has been mediocre at best this year at times have a have a career day, you know, and have a record breaking day. Um, How many rushing yards does Tyler Batty have this weekend against the Gators? 123. 123. Wow, that's a very specific number. wasn't expecting you. Know, you know why? Because he's got 1,239 yards rushing so far this year. <laughs> so I just picked 123. Uh, oh, boy. All right, let us me just see one other thing here as we... Yeah, So because we're at an hour and 50 minutes yeah, of you're, podcasting you're for the third week in a row. Yeah. I hope y'all enjoy these long podcasts because we do I not mean for them to go this long. I think but, they do. And we didn't even do question of the week. I knew we weren't going to have time. I'm so glad I chose to, to cut that this week. I'm going to say Florida gets this one. I don't think it has any. How confident are you? I'm, I'm confident enough because I'm, I'm on a scale of one to 10. Give me a six because I just, I don't think Missouri has the offense to do it. You don't and think they have the offense or defense? Defense. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think they have the defense to do it. 
And I think Florida's going to put some points on the board because, I mean, they. But wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> oh, it would be knee slapping hair. Uh, hilarious. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just on the floor rolling around in laughter. Look, let me ask you this. If I say if I if if my statement or like here's my statement, they lose this game because I think Florida Florida the team has quit on Dan Mullen in the locker room. Would you agree with that, or do you think you think Mizzou is just the better team who wins this? No, no, no. If Missouri's winning, it's because they've quit on Dan Mullen. It's because they put another performance together like this past weekend. Okay. I just I don't know if Missouri has the. This is weird to say. I don't know. I feel like South Carolina has defensive pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Must have nice. had dudes there, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I just don't feel like Missouri has those kinds of guys. I don't That's know what, where they're at. And if there might be one or two of them on the team, but I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't know. I don't, I don't feel it. Because you're going to have to score points, and this I don't know if they'll get be able to get the stops enough to help Basilak out, who hasn't been a on-fire quarterback this season in, in his own right. Ten interceptions. Yeah, I mean. Any other game to pick? No, no. I think, like, next week we, we I'm really excited because we get to record together mm-hmm. um, in person. Um, I'm going to be in Valdosta. I'm going to play some golf at Kinderloo. Kinderloo Golf Course, Mister Fancy. I, I've always wanted to play there. Um, never would have had a chance before. Gonna go play there. Um, so excited about getting to record uh, at your studio together. Um, uh, but the, also next week, I think we're gonna try to record Tuesday. Is that right? Next week? Sure. Okay. Yes. To, yes. Uh, that that works on my. So we yes. can get this out for everybody. On their drives to thank for Thanksgiving meals, perhaps yes, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I mean, hey, we may record Monday if you need to. Um, we but, might can do Monday, yeah. But uh, anyway, because um, uh, VSU earned the number one seed, so I'm yes. off this weekend. That's awesome. Go Blazers! Oh, traveling oh. for me. We went on the road and got spanked, but uh, so yeah, it was funny. The 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 division two playoff rankings, essentially what they are, the region rankings, are really numbers based. And VSU through nine weeks had amassed so much of a lead in several categories in the numbers. VSU actually went on the road their final week of the season and lost to a very, very good West Florida team by nineteen points, and we still earned the number one seed. Put yourself in a position where you can make a mistake and still be good. Exactly. Yeah. The margin of error was widened greatly. And uh, that came by a lot of help from our, again, our strength of schedule. Our opponents win loss record is like 23 and seven non-conference opponents, 23 and seven. And West Florida was like 15 and 17. So it really helped us out that we had uh, some very successful uh, opponents this season. One of them, non-conference is in the regional tournament with us as well so it uh it fit nicely yeah well and if you've ever had to call a football game at a baseball stadium it is a nightmare 
we sat behind home plate at a baseball stadium where the field is stretching from the first baseline out into left field. So like the old Raiders stadium? Sort of like that. But our broadcast position is behind home plate. So when the ball, there's times where the ball's out in left field and we can't really see what's happening out there. There was a play where VSU's receiver caught the football, made a move, cut inside to the field, spun away from some other defenders, and his offensive tackle was down there with him trying to help pick up blocks and such, and the offensive tackle shoves the wide receiver in the back and nearly, like, throws him. It's almost like he throws him four or five yards and, you know, continues to run and picks up a a handful of more, um, you know, yardage. And it would have been the coolest thing to call on the radio. Ralph Singleton just shoved, you know, it was like the bush push, but not at the goal line kind of deal. And I didn't see any of it. I just saw it today on a replay. So it was kind of a bummer to, to miss those things. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll be happy when uh, West Florida gets a, a regular stadium where I can call the game, you know, sideline or, you know, normal east to west. Yeah. Um, the – uh I think that's all I have. Uh, next week we're gonna we'll we'll do a little little quick Thanksgiving talk. You know some of our favorite some some of our favorite uh, foods to eat for Thanksgiving. We'll talk about some of our favorite traditions in college Yams. football. Ugh, uh, this is starting off awful. Uh-huh. Um, Please don't tell me you love cranberry sauce. No. Okay. I mean I like it, but I don't love it. We can talk I, about this. I've never week. been a big fan. No, it's okay. I, I understand. Um. Just the way you said yams, I'm just ugh, that's just weird. Okay. Anyway, let's uh let's let's get out of here, Spencer. Close this out, buddy. Spider Dude 64. Speaking of which, <laughs> sorry. I have not watched it. I'm not okay, watching it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's you, fine. You know that's my fine. rule. Spider Dude 64. How, do you hate on, my rule? I, uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. So just really quickly, folks. Uh, Bobby has one rule. I think I hate the way you phrase it. Like it's right. some it's, sort of, it's like it's some rule. sort of, uh, the way you phrase it sometimes, it's like you'll die if this doesn't happen or something. I have a one trailer rule. I watch one trailer per, like, per, like, comic book, Star Wars based film. Only one trailer. I cover my eyes and my ears in the movie theater when a trailer is coming on. My wife makes fun of me for it. It started in 2012 with the first Avengers. Spencer was there with me when we watched the first Avengers together. It was an epic night. And I enjoyed that movie a whole freaking lot. And I had not seen hardly any of that. But anyway, no, I've not seen the trailer. Uh, I mean, the problem is, is, like, they've been talking about it so much this year. Like, I mean, throughout the year, like, I I can only get away from so much, like, talk. Um, I am, I am, I have, uh. What's it called? Muted. I've muted anybody talking about it, though on Twitter. So I'm, I'm trying the, to say uh, it, it was the due date trailer for me. You remember due date right after the hangover and Sherlock Holmes and yeah. Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. were huge and they did the due date together and it was a buddy movie. And the trailers that they released for the movie showed all but like one of their road trip stops. On a road trip movie, they make you make a bunch of stops. You run into a bunch of different characters and such. They showed everything but one of those stops, and it was kind of like this isn't mm-hmm. as funny because. So I remember that's where my idea came in to say, all right, I think I'm gonna back off some of these 
you know, just really diving into every single one of the trailers. I've tried to stay away from the Ghostbusters trailers. Uh, that uh, Lisa and I are Lisa and I are going to see that on Friday. Very good. Yep. Very excited. Might do that uh, as well this uh, this coming weekend. All right. All right. Two friends, one love. That is college football. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate uh, the support. We'll catch you on the flip flop later. Later.